0: American football in Finland.
1: Okay guys, so we're going to talk about our all Finland team. First off, if you're listening, let let me say this and if you feel the need to comment after this, please find me on Instagram at Perfect Purpose and we can have a conversation. I'm willing to talk to anybody about anything when I have the time. I don't just talk all the hell of it. But I really want people to understand the reason we did an all Finland team instead of an all-star team. OK, guys, all-star teams are great. And in theory, they make sense. You pick the best players, blase, blase. But honestly, All-Stars are driven by stats and popularity and exposure. It's hard to make an All-Star team. You're not in the right market if enough people don't see you and if your stats don't meet a certain quota. That's just the facts. You you can't not put certain stats on an All-Star team. And from what we saw this season, with two of the teams basically – Rolling over when they played other teams, it led to a lot of stats that were inaccurate. You saw a lot of inflated stats in certain positions, and then you had teams like the Roosters who wouldn't even play their starters against some of these teams. So then that's a you know a counterpoint against their players because they're not getting these padded stats. But you have some teams who don't take their starters out, and they just padding up stats with average players going against bad players. So what we wanted to do was we want to pick players that we thought were the best at their position not based solely on their stats but by what we saw me personally i can't speak for these other guys but me personally when i was making my votes i was looking back towards when i saw them play against someone else who i think should be on the all finland team when i saw them play against someone i consider a top caliber what when the steelers played the eagles i don't watch the steelers o-line you know why Cause the Eagles D line don't have anybody worth stopping except for the uh, Henderson guy. So at that time I'm watching rope a And what he did was he held his, I don't want to curse. He held his own against the best player on the Eagles defensive line, which lets me know that once I watch him against other competition it's worth watching, but I'm not watching the tackles against them. The Eagles don't have good defensive ends. So that's how we decided to do this team is we chose players based on what position they played and how good they were at that position. Stats are part of it, but we are not basing it on stats and we're not comparing players. We're not picking a receiver and saying, well, he's better than this receiver, this receiver. That's why we have first team and second team. There's, I don't know if it's offense or defense, but there's one team where we only have 10 people on the first team. You know why? Because there's a difference between the first team and the second team, and we didn't feel that anyone on the second team was good enough to be on the first team. Not saying that they're not a good player, but we don't, we're do not we not subjecting our list, which it's a list, guys. It's not a real team. doesn't have to be all specific into these. You got to have 11 here, 11 there. None of these teams are ever going to play. It's a list. It's an all-Finland all team list okay and that's how we made this list i know i'm rambling a little bit but i really want to get this point across to people that this is not some make believe madden team this is a list of who we think are the best players and that's where we stand on it and we support our list 100% which is why we let you know who we are when we're making our list and we're about to go through our list position by position player by player and let you know why they should and why they were selected for our list. Okay. So now that I got my rant out the way, fellas,
2: <laughs>
1: I had to do it. Uh, do y'all want to start on offense or defense? Let's go offense first. Okay. Right. Let's just start down the list. Quarterback. Again, I don't think we need to argue over first team, second team. So I'm just going to name who we have on the, on the team. Just to remind everybody, we chose 39 players out of over 275 that are listed on rosters this year. So we, we chose the best of the best. It doesn't really matter who's first or second team. But at quarterback, we got Bryce Dancombe and Brandon Gwinter. Tell me some things about why
2: you think these guys easily deserve to be on this list. I'll talk about both guys just quickly. I'll briefly summarize. Bryce Stancombe, game manager. He's been solid all season, been putting up good numbers. He is the backbone of that Roosters offense. Without him, you take him away. Their offense is not all that. You know, he's been making great throws all season. He's been making good decisions and he's been a leader from the front. So I think that's why he deserves to be in the first team. And I believe he is probably the best quarterback that we've seen on show this season. And then talking about Brandon Gwinner, dual threat made made it work with the little weapons that he had in Porvo and also his run game as well. He was the second leading rusher in the league after the running backs. So, you know, you had the you had reason over and Powell, and then you had Gwinner, Gwinner which is crazy. Yeah, it was number three another, That's what I mean. So, there should be another another running back there. So, with that alone, that just says it all. He put that team on his back as well, and he was the heart and soul of that offense. Okay, yeah, he had he has a great connection with Miko Seppanen, which is brilliant. But Miko's always going to be that guy. He wins that same award every year that we talk about. Um, but yeah, that's I, I believe these are the two best quarterbacks in the league this season, from what they've seen. They perform time and time again in every every big game.
1: That that's a good way to put it. They're the best two quarterbacks in the league this year. What about you, Q? What do you think about these two guys? Um, I believe Bryce
0: Dancomb, um was the most consistent uh, quarterback this year. I'll just say that. I won't throw any stats out there. I won't say none of that. He was just the most consistent. Um, every time we watched him play, yeah, his numbers, he he didn't, you know, he didn't wow you with a lot of his intangibles. But as far as running that offense, I think he did the best out of any quarterback with their offense. I'm just being honest. And that's that's against any team not just the, the slouch teams. Like he played against, it didn't matter if they played against Corpio. Um, it didn't matter if they played against the crocodiles. Like it didn't matter who they played against. Like it was a few, it was a few games where maybe points wise, they didn't, you know, show up to what they're normally doing, but for, for his play, it wasn't because of him playing bad.
1: Mm-hmm. You know
0: what I mean? It was like other aspects of the game that kind of put them in those losses. Um, He was a part of a team that had, you know, four losses, but uh, they could have those. If you watch the games, you can see that like some some part of those games of defense just kind of like broke down, just had just just gave them, just put them in bad positions. And then they took L's from him. Um, But I think Bryce Dancombe, as far as a first year with this offense, I think he did a great job. He got him to the playoffs. Um, He had to deal with a lot. He didn't have any uh, import. Necessary. I mean, I almost say like he didn't have an import receivers, but he didn't have like the big name guys that we know normally we hear of that the Roosters might get. Like he didn't have that. So for him to work with what he had and still be successful, this is why I believe I voted for him to be the the all filling quarterback. Is because that's hard to do. You know what I mean? That's really hard to do to to work with what you had. Not saying his guys weren't good. But at, at that position is dominated majority of the time by imports mm-hmm. in the league. It's dominated. You every team is probably gonna have an import receiver at some point, um, or if not running back, but they definitely have an import um or at receiver. least so, an import caliber. or uh, import caliber receiver, exactly. Yeah. So I think Bryce Stancomb did everything he possibly could um with that offense. And I think he just stood out around the pack. And I, I'm speaking off of just play. That's literally just off play just off commanding his offense um, and, and that. So that's that's why I got him. Uh, Brandon Gwinner has a heart. I mean, the guy has a heart. Like, doing doing more with less, if it was a person. <laughs> it's definitely more? him. It's definitely him. Because one thing you say, okay, if if you got Brandon Gwinner right here, and say if you put Brandon Gwinner right here in the top, and then you look down at his receiving core, and then you got Miko Seppin, who also – is listed in there as far as a all star. That's what you're supposed to see. You know what I mean? If if your quarterback is up here, I think sometimes hey, it's it's okay to see. But he's a finish receiver at that too. So I'll, I'll throw that in there. So he not saying he gets a slight for it, but I'm saying it's a great thing. Like Brandon Wynnner came out in a lot of these games and gave every single thing he had. Like he he was he was working from the from the bottom in every single game. He didn't really have a defense that he could rely on to help them close out games so he had to come in and like you know what guys? I'm coming in here I'm gonna do everything he was a leader he was a leader on the field not just from talking from his play you know what I mean like he came out from the first player of the game to the end of the game and he played the same way I never seen him get frustrated i never seen him yelling at his players I never seen him do anything outside of being a leader on that football team and give him more people, give him more weapons. And Brandon Grunner has a different, total different season, but I still feel like his season was good, good enough to put him as one of the top quarterbacks because
1: he did just that. At did. His position. And not at about His, his position. team success is about it. Yeah. At his, at position. his
0: position. He gave, he, I think poor got their money's worth when they signed him. He did. And they look back and say, Hey, we might want to bring him back again and let's throw some, some, some extra help out there. at him." you know what I'm saying? Like, I can throw out a few names and they probably can slide back on over there with him. They help him out a little bit on that offense. But Brandon Garner, definitely a baller. Didn't matter. It doesn't. And I feel like that it doesn't matter who this guy plays for. Because we seen this when he was with Voss. And he actually had it. We seen what he can do with an important uh, caliber receiver. You know what I mean? So I feel like he he, he showed up every game. The rushing, uh, being a threat in the rushing game was also good, too, for him. Um, So that's why I voted also for him, too, to be in that top. I just think those two guys were um, away from statistically leading things, uh, away from the stats. I think coming into a game, I think they did the most at their position uh, for their teams in most games.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll be a little more brief about these two, but I think there's a lot of similarities between these two quarterbacks and why we chose them. First thing I'm going to say is again, throw out the stats just be- because you have to look at these two quarterbacks and look at the overall teams that they're on. They're, they're both on, on middle, middle teams. I've said it all season, the poor Butchers, Dallas Cowboys and the Maple league. You can't, You can't explain to me how on our all Finland team, they end up with damn near twice as many players as everybody else on the butchers. And then even on the SAJL's all-star team, the butchers win a ton ton of awards and have a lot of players on the list. And yet that team don't make the playoffs. I believe that both of these quarterbacks are victims of coaching. Uh, Bryce Stancomb easily, easily could have threw for 5,000 yards this season. Mm, He could have have threw for 5,000 yards, but the team wasn't – that's not what the team wanted to do. That's not what the offense was focusing on. They weren't trying to get him the ball. They weren't trying to make sure that he was put in the best situations to to succeed. There was times in the season where they, you know, didn't play him or they put in backups. Again, they're not – obviously this isn't a team that likes to stat pad, but when those games were tough and it was hard to come across stats, he's played the whole game. But when he became easy, they made sure to bring him out and bring someone else in, which I think hindered what he could he could do statistically, because I, I still believe like he was easily the best quarterback in the league this year. And you could see it. If you watch the beginning of the season when the Roosters looked like they struggled, Bryce Stancomb didn't struggle. His receivers couldn't catch the ball. That was it. It He was putting the ball where he needed to be. He was making all the right decisions. Nobody was catching the ball. Halfway through the season, he's been here long enough. They've been in practice. They got the reps. Now the receivers are catching balls. We're talking about uh, number 11, what is it, Vino, who we ain't never talked about him before as one of the best up-and-coming receivers. He was there from day one, but he wasn't catching anything day one. But Middle of the season, he's been working with this quarterback. This quarterback has brought him along. And then by the end of the season, we're looking at the Roosters' offense like, okay, they can put up points. That's all Bryce Stancombe. They lost their running back early. They never really had a running game this season, yet they were able to piece things together around Bryce Stancombe. But they, I think when it comes to the coaching, they never really let him loose. He never was let loose. And then with, you know, injuries late in the season, they decide to shut him down and worry about the future. Again, that's something I don't like that the Roosters do, but that's what that's their choice. But that's not going to stop me from noticing that he's the best quarterback. And just throw this out there. I think seven years of college did him damn good. (laughs) Like he he is polished. He, he can throw it. He can throw it in different angles. He's mobile. He's agile. He's cerebral. He's very smart with the ball. Doesn't, doesn't throw a lot of interception. Doesn't force the ball. He's everything you want from a quarterback. And that's not even saying what he could do and what he did for the Roosters team as a leader on the field and off the field. I'm not even going to go into that because again, for me to make the all filling team, I got to look at you playing your position and what I believe that is. I believe Bryce Dancombe was the best player at the quarterback position in the Maple League. And then moving on to Brandon Gwinner, I believe if I wasn't able to, to have Bryce, I would want Brandon. That, that's exactly what it is, is I think that he gives you everything that you want to make, to give your offense a chance. Um, the rest of the quarterbacks in the league, I think are good. I think everybody's serviceable for their situations. But these two quarterbacks, I can put them on any team and I have a chance. Any team, any situation, I have a chance. That's what makes a really good quarterback is someone who elevates your team automatically without you having to change your team. Bryce Stancomb can play on any team in Europe, and that team becomes a a championship-caliber team. Brandon Gwinner, same situation. There's not too many teams in Europe that if you put them on this team, that that team doesn't become one of the top teams in the league. Even on the the poor Vue Butchers, we kept thinking all season that at some point they're going to start winning games because they have Brandon Gwinter. Obviously, you do have to play defense, and that's just something they found out. But it's easy to see why these two guys made our all-filling list. We'll move on to the next position. And I think to make it slightly quicker, I'll go. <laughs> we'll, we'll each pick one person that's on the list and talk about. Them. So with running backs, um, we have Lee Anthony Reasonover, Christian Powell, Tuka Lettinen, and Seth Rowland. And who wants to take reasonover? Because that'll be the the, the first one.
2: Back to back seasons, he's been the best player in the league. Simple as that. Numbers. Carrying the team on his back, he's just a force to be reckoned with. Even when you don't give him the ball and hand it off, he's going to get you in special teams as well. He's there for you in the big games. He's a game breaker. He gives you that big play when you need it. He's the best player in the league. Simple as that. I don't need to say anything else on it. (laughs) I
1: I really think that's all you need to say. What about um, Christian Powell? Hit me with something on that, Q.
0: Uh, Christian Powell. Uh, another dominant running back uh the reason i think Christian Powell uh deserves to be on this list is because he's as consistent as as uh reason over and i don't want you know, to say reason over name and then try to have some type of scale on him but we've seen Powell do this for a lot of years now to and it doesn't seem like he's cutting any short you know what i mean it's, he doesn't he works out the way you know he works out he's dedicated to this team he's dedicated to his position more than anything. You can see from year to year to year, this man doesn't sway away. He hasn't gained any weight. Uh, he is, he doesn't get lazy. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything that takes away from him being the best running back on his team. Um, come into every single game. He's a problem. That's the number one person you should worry about when you're playing against the crocodiles is Christian Powell. Christian Powell is the most, uh, dynamic, uh, running back. I believe it. And you can put him at receiver. You can put him probably at quarterback, um, but definitely at running back. He shows up. He shows up. And, and the one thing you can ask any coach um, that you can ask for, I, I say ask any coach what you want in a player. I want a player that's going to show up. He doesn't have to bench 375. He doesn't have to squat this. You ain't got to do all that. I just need a player that's going to show up for me every single game. If you say Coach Q, you want to go back to coaching? Sure. Who would you want your running back to be? Christian Powell is my number one pick, and I'm not just saying that. NCP, we trust. NCP, I trust. <laughs> if you give, if you, I, I mean, you just gotta watch the game. Just watch it. Like this dude is a force. Like one person can tackle him. Well, on a regular, one person is not tackling him. And he's strong. Sure. And he's 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 dependable. He's durable. Everything you want in a running back, Christian Powell got it.
2: And, and he's a and damn blue. nice guy as well. And he's a <laughs> pretty, nice guy. Pretty nice Look guy. at the smile.
0: Look at the guy's <laughs> smile, man. Look at that smile. Like, like, what? What type of running back runs you over or walks off for sixty yards? He doesn't really celebrate. He doesn't do none of the egotistical stuff that running backs do. He just goes out there and give you everything he got, and he does it to to uh, to a T. I mean, literally, since he's been with the Crocs, they've pretty much slid in that 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 range of like doing something. And it's because a lot of it is because of him. He's just that dominant of a player to where he can come into every game and almost rush for 150 yards every single game, and there's nothing you can do about it, coaching-wise, strategy-wise, nothing. He is just a monster. Like you said, he's a beast. He's a baller. I look at him. I look at Christian Powell as God, too. Because if you throw him on any other team, you throw him on Corpio, or you put him on the roost, this dude is running for 2,500 yards and that's he might get three thousand all purpose. You know what I mean? If you throw him on one of them teams where he just where he has other people to to kind of help him get open and help him do his thing. But here, everybody knows for the Crocs that he's gonna get the ball. You know what and I mean? He still uh, does it. That's the – still does it. Still does he give people problems? Literally, it's a business decision when you're coming up to tackle him. And Corpio still is with a what a recent team to realize that this dude here he almost ran for two hundred. He almost ran for two hundred on them. And if you don't count the losses, if you don't count the <laughs> lost yards, you almost ran for 200 on the best team in the league. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's, that's and like you said, that's what we look at. We look at how do you play against the better teams and the better players. And this dude plays great against every single team that has anywhere around the top players on their team. He plays good, and that's what we judge him off of. So Christian Powell is the fucking man just
1: because of that. And I'm sorry for cussing, but he is. <laughs> Hey, hey, he's feeling it. He's feeling some type of. Hey, I'm not mad at that. I'll I'll talk about the next guy on the list. Uh, Tuka Letinen, the backup running back for the Quilpios Steelers. First off, the fact that we put a backup on here tells you something about the Quilpios Steelers offensive line. Right. Like you just got to give credit where credit is due. Nobody can run the ball without an offensive line, actually, except for Christian Powell. Um, <laughs> he's done it before <laughs> this season. Not the case. They had a pretty decent O-line out there in Sidioki, but getting back to Tuka Lettinen, let, let's look at these games. Obviously, Le'Anthony Reasonover does what he does, but a lot of times he he's not playing the full game and he's also not playing every down and you're like, who else is in there? They they slide Tuka Letton in, and there's not much drop-off. And I'm not trying to really compare them and say, oh, he's the next Le'Anthony Reasonover, but you got a guy who, if Le'Anthony Reasonover wasn't there, the Steelers would still, in my opinion, still went undefeated this season. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's the the minute difference between the starter and backup on this team and obviously when you see how crazy Anthony's stats are you're like oh there's no way they would have done that without him watch the games watch when Tuka comes in he comes in he pops him for 6 7 he pops him for 19 he gets the big plays and he's back to the sideline and again it reminds me <laughs> This is a weird thing to think of, but it reminds me of the current Dallas Cowboys when you got Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, where, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is Ezekiel Elliott, but Tony Pollard is probably better. Now, I'm not saying Tuka Lettinen is better, but he's the type of running back that he would start on every other team in the Maple League. He would legitimately be the starting running back. Now, politics wise, he might not be starting on a couple of them because, you know, the import has to be the starter but he probably would outperform most of the um, other running backs in the league if he wasn't on the Steelers. And I think that because he's on the Steelers shouldn't stop him from being noticed by us. And it hasn't. We all agreed that he easily should be on this list because we know that he provides them the fact that they don't have to overuse Lee Anthony reason over unlike teams like the Senyoki crocodiles, where we're constantly amazed at the fact that Christian Paul plays pretty much a whole game. You never really have to worry about that with, with the Steelers because if their starter needs a break, they put in another guy, next man up, and you don't lose anything. And But you, it's not like you're not losing an average thing. You don't lose anything from a high caliber that you're still putting in a high caliber running back. And Tuka Lettin is that high caliber running back. Again, it's hard to you know statistically not going to say that he stood out not even sure what the stats are do not care i know for a fact that this guy when he plays he gives me the best chance to win at that position over everyone else in the league outside of lee anthony Reasonover, and christian Powell. and if you think that there's another running back that does i mean you're entitled to your opinion but you're wrong and then i could actually start bringing out actual film and say this is what he did against him this we did against him but again there's no need to do that at this point because he's one of the best in in the maple league right now so the the fourth guy that we have is seth rowland do one of you
2: guys want to talk about him or i could talk about this guy too um i don't mind saying a bit oh go for it seth rowland the bowling ball, as I like to call him. That's exactly what I
1: was thinking. The first Short. thing I was thinking was
2: bowling ball. <laughs> Short in stature, I'd have loved to have seen this guy play all games this season, all 12 games, because he was a machine when he came in for this team. Quick, explosive runner. I think he's probably the fastest player on the team, maybe the fastest player in the league. He's definitely up there, one of the fastest players in the league. And this guy's elusive, man. And and, and not only is he elusive, he can run people over Yeah, he is that Mm -hmm. cannibal, that kind of like Darren Sproles runner he reminds me of, that that short, nippy guy, but can still truck people when he needs to. Yeah, he's powerful, he's explosive, he finds that hole, one cut, boom, gone. If he needs to truck someone, he will. If he needs to juke someone, he will. And he gets lost behind them, them offensive lines and just finds holes. But yeah, I mean... Guy's a beast, I'd love to have seen him all season and I hope we get to see him for 12 games next season. It's some team, whether that be with the Butchers or another team in the Maple League, I'd love to see him play a full season and see what stats he comes out with. I just really wonder how fast he is.
1: Because he really made a huge difference for that team. Like they, their run game was basically all Brandon Gwinner until he got there. And he really opened up with, was not a very open offense in the first place. So, let's move on to the next group, which is wide receivers. Now, uh, first person we got on here is Sebastian Sanye from the Helsinki Wolverines. Would either one of you like to take him on? I'll go, him, go for it.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with Seabass. Seabass came in um, late after, like, the fourth game, I believe, third or fourth game of the season. Um, but since then, he had, like, I believe – eight or nine touchdowns and eight games. So for me, I think that shows that he was part of each game. If you go off average, that means he scored every game. And you can't, I can't, I can't be mad at him for that. You know, like he showed up every game, they got the ball to him. He did his job. If you, if you look at it and maybe not a lot of receptions, but I think as far as impact, uh, him the being a speedster, him being a deep threat, um, it put him up there because you think if he started the first game, what his average would have been there. you know what I mean? So I think Seabass uh, is obviously one of the most dynamic uh, local and import. He's an import, too. He's just from Finland, but he's an import
1: Import, import caliber
0: Yeah, import caliber player. So um, I think he showed up in all the games that he needed to show up in. When they could give him the ball, I think he did his job. I think he stood out just from the short period of time that he was playing and what he did in that in that span um he can't throw to himself obviously but i think the more that they would have gotten in the ball, the more, the more he would have done um but with the little time that he had and the little chances that he got he made the the, the best of it and i think that's what you want out of a receiver um it wasn't a lot of crazy receiver play in the league this year um but he definitely stood out on his own when he when he did start playing
1: the one thing i i, I wonder about sanye that i wish that again if we had next gen stats i would like to see the amount of targets he has compared to the amount of catches he has because i feel like his number is really close there's not he didn't get a lot of like passes thrown to him but when it went his way he was coming down with it rarely was he not coming down with it and, and sometimes and normally it wasn't an easy catch Like, he doesn't do a lot of simple catches outside of when he's, like, wide open. So, it's just super interesting. Next person we have is from the Kotka Eagles, Peter Anderson. Chris, you want to take this one? Or you want me to take it? I can take it. You take it. Okay. So, Peter Anderson. Okay. Kotka (laughs) Eagles. (laughs) I've said this before. You got a real one. And Peter Anderson. Okay. Beginning season, I didn't know who this guy was, nor did I care because I really thought the Eagles were just going to be able to spread the ball around. And, you know, I was wrong about that. But the one thing you could take away from this season is that number 11 was going to be electric. At some point in this game, he was going to do something that stood out that made you wonder why did he get. On this team of all teams, you know, um, at some point he's his team is down by like eighty-five touchdowns. He scores the only touchdown in the game. <laughs> he makes everybody yeah.
2: lose. Uh, <laughs> eighty-five <laughs>
1: touchdowns. Hell, <laughs> <Yeah>, man! <laughs> but th- just look back at all the games. Like the few times that they actually put up points, he's usually behind the points. Yeah. even. And even if he couldn't do it on offense, I know this is we picked him as a receiver, but, you know, he would go to defense and get pick sixes type of thing. Like, number 11 is that guy. And he's one of those guys that, um, going back to, you know, me and Q days of playing, you know, international football, he's an import who is worth being the import. Like, you got a guy who, when I put him on the field, he instantly makes my team better. And he, when he's on the field, he is – the best player on the field like when he when he's on that field no matter who's on the defensive side if you had to name the top three players he's in the top three on the field at all times that's an import that's a, a game changer impact player that's what Peter Anderson was all year now stats I don't have his stats again I don't care but I do know that he was up there I do know that he was up there. Chris, do you have his stats on you? I've
2: got his stats, yeah. And he actually only played 11 games as well, which is interesting. He Hmm. didn't play 12 games. He had 74 catches, which led the league, 979 yards, which also led the league, and he had six receiving touchdowns.
1: Yeah. And I think... One thing that people might assume by looking at the stats was, okay, they're always losing, so obviously they have to pass it, and they have to pass it to somebody. Well, yeah, and everybody knows that. <laughs> they're, they're, they're losing. Everybody knows they're losing. They have one good receiver. Everybody knows that one receiver is, and he still gets his. That That's not – I don't care what level, what league you're playing. That's not easy to do when you have a target on your back. Similar to what we said about the running backs um Christian Powell, you know, he's the when you're the only option and everybody knows that, most most good and even average players kind of fade away in certain respects in certain games. Peter Anderson never faded away. If anything, he became bigger, brighter every time that you put that target on his back. And that's why he's one of the best in the league this year. And it's easy to put him on this list. So next up, we have Nolan Corbin from the uh, United, United Newland Crusaders, is technically how you say it. Uh, Chris, did you want to take him?
2: <laughs> take Nolan, yeah. This guy's been a machine all season, man. I've loved watching him play. He's electric. His routes are great. He's been getting some dimes thrown to him, but it's his yards after the catch as well. What he does with the ball when it's in his hands is just, is something special. And he's on a team which has been underperforming all season, but he's shown out for this team. They've asked a lot of him. He's played defense as well. Like again, he's one of those players where he is that import player. He can play both sides of the ball. He makes your team better when he is on the field. It's as simple as that. Exactly what you said about Peter Anderson. He makes the team better. And he is that guy. I mean, he's just a beast. He, he didn't lead the receiving categories, but his stats are great still. Nonetheless, like his stats are really good. Um, I'm going to read them off for you here. So his stats were 12 games, 50 receptions, 728 yards and nine TD. So he was one off the touchdown leader. Touchdown leader was 10. Um, but he had 14.6 yards per catch, which is great numbers for a receiver. You know, 15 yards a pop nearly. He's that guy. He's the go-to guy. And he was the go-to guy for Shane Etter and made Shane Etter's numbers go up because of all that yak that he was able to get
1: after he had the ball in his hands. All right. Um, next, we had Yane Sarkala from the Crocodiles. I'll take Yane. I knew you and, was going to take him. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I remember going into the season, and I am i need to apologize to Yane because I always thought the other Sarkala was better. And honestly, no, I'm not apologizing. I kind of still feel that way. No offense. But this season, this season, number 17 was everything Zach Whitehead needed him to be throughout the season. Um, Obviously, we made this list before playoffs. I, I, will be, I will honestly sit here and say in the playoffs, he was a little lackluster for my taste. But throughout the regular season, Yanni Sarkala, he was that big, tall receiver, and you don't get a lot of opportunities on the crocodiles. They're going to feed Christian Paul. So when you do get opportunities, you got to get your bang for your buck. He's not a tall possession receiver. He's a tall down-the-field receiver. You know, this is more of a Julio Jones, not a Mike Evans. Y'all don't know the NFL. I don't know why I brought those into this. Nobody, Whoever's listening don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, yeah, because I, I know that was just a little over a lot of people's heads. Yannick Sarkala is that that big-time receiver on a team that doesn't really have a lot of receivers, which means he's always got a target on his back, but he doesn't always get the ball. So there's a lot of times where he's running routes just to stay in shape, which can really demoralize a person a receiver. Get this guy still – I wish I had his stats of like yard per catch because I know it's up there because he's always catching deep balls when he does and his touchdowns weren't very high, but he did them when they needed to be. And what really stood out to him and the reason he made our team was his impact. He caught the ball when it needed to be caught. He made the plays when they needed the plays. He kept them in games when they needed to stay in games. Not the Crusaders, the Crocodiles, they played a lot of games where there was pivotal moments that could make or break it for them. And Yanni Sarkala was in the center of a lot of those moments. Him and Christian Paul, if you want to make a highlight tape, you can make a highlight tape of – first downs, big plays, touchdowns that made their season, and it would literally be number 17, number 15, number 17, number 15, sprinkle in number three. You know, that's how it would be, even though number three throws to number 17. And that's what really stood out to me about Yannick is that he became a big play receiver this year. I think a lot of it had to do because his brother wasn't able to play. So mm-hmm. he had to be that big play. And if anyone here knows what it's like, being in Finland, um, the Finnish culture with sports is it's very shy. Um, we've said it earlier, when people get in big situations, sometimes they just can't handle that type of pressure. Well, this circular brother said, I'd be damned. You give me the ball, I'll make something happen. And that's what really stood out about him this year and made it easy to see that he's one of the best in the league because he, he made all the big plays that you needed to make on the big stage. And that's, again, why Yannick Sarko is on our All-Finland team. I think he it was led.
2: easy. He led one of the receiving categories. Which one do you think it was? Yards per catch. Correct. 25.1 yards per catch. I, okay. I'm sorry. 2022, if
1: y'all been listening, I stopped watching stats this year because I've, I've, I've seen enough football now that – a lot of times when I say someone does something, it's good to have Chris Green on the show doing stats now because he, his seconding in me in the stats is just making me feel much better about not <laughs> watching stats. I'm like, I think, but I don't know. I don't want to go look at the stats because it it blurries my vision. But moving on, that I mean, that's just great for Yane. And I, I think going into the future, I mean, this isn't what the show is about, but talking futuristically, the Crocodiles have... <laughs> Ooh, again, they're one, they're one one, dynamic import away. And I'm 100% sure that Christian Paul will become a Finnish.
2: Finnish import next year, yeah.
1: Next year, which means...
2: Ooh, foo boy!
1: <laughs> mm, 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 mm. I'm just... I don't know if you could just imagine if they had another import that could play both ways or something like that. Like, it would be... Ooh, or... I mean, okay, I don't want to speculate. Let's just keep with the list. Next up, we have RJ Long from the Helsinki Wolverines. We already know who's going to talk about him, so go ahead, Q. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes,
0: sir. Shout out to my boy RJ, man. Uh, Coming back off the Achilles injury uh, last year and being the leading receiver uh, for the Wolverines. Um, I think RJ is the most underappreciated uh, most overshadowed, underutilized, uh, underutilized receiver on that team, but still found himself in the top categories. Um, for the team, um, humble, you know, not really a demanding type of receiver where it's like, hey, throw me a ball, throw me a ball. He will get like that once the game is like, once he realized, like, all right, y'all, bullshitting, like, y'all didn't give me the ball type thing. Um, but I think RJ um solidified that that he's I won't say 100% back but he's back. You know I mean he's he's never wavered from from how he plays. I mean yeah, we don't get to see the 2017, you know, that RJ Long, but um also when you put him on a team that's padded like that, it kind of overshadows his ability to and, and what he can do. Because if you don't if you I feel like this, if you sign RJ Long, you're signing him to be the guy so, therefore, coming into games, we need to figure out how, we was gonna, how we're going to get R.J. the ball. I don't want to hear uh, he wasn't open. I don't want to hear uh, that they were playing, they was rolling down to him, none of this stuff right here. R.J. Long became R.J. Long because it didn't matter what coverage you brought against him, he still went and got the ball. He still went and got the ball. He still made plays. And he's hands, probably the best hands in the league still to this day to me best hands in the league. You throw him the ball anywhere in, in the vicinity where he is, he's probably going to catch the ball. Don't matter if it's one person, two people on him. But to go and say why he's on this list for me, is just he was the most consistent um, receiver, um, definitely for the Wolverines, when they were targeting him. I'll say this, when they were targeting him. Um, but he's still one of the top um, receivers in the Maple League. I mean, that's playing on any team. I think RJ, uh, he's just – just was underutilized this year. And that and I just hate to say that, but he's still, you know, I mean 40 something receiving yards, that's like a slap in the face for RJ because he's way he's he's I feel like his value is more than that. I feel like you're you're hurting your team if you don't give him the ball at least 70 catches, 80 catches a season. You're hurting your team. You're hurting your offense because he's gonna do something with it. And that's just what it is. And I think he's just um I think he is the top one of the top receivers in the league. Um I think he was probably part of the wrong offense this year, but that's a whole nother conversation that'll I come. I
1: gotta got jump in. I gotta jump in. I, gotta <laughs> I knew jump in. wanted like, to the itching. To. I'm sorry. you know <laughs> He's I, took been itching. About, I took my I took my mic off and of mute and everything. I have to jump in because I there's very there's very easy similarities between RJ Long and Sebastian Sonia. Two really good receivers. You you could say best in the league that didn't get the opportunities afforded to them because they're on the same team yeah. and because their quarterback is dynamic and can run and pass. And you also have another um, dynamic guy and uh, Will Young playing running back. You, you only have one ball. But what I really think kept RJ Long from being as prominent this season as he was in the past is uh, similar to what you said about the offense, but I think about the position in the offense. R.J. Long's a, a wide receiver. He's not a slot receiver. This is what happened when he played in Helsinki the last time. They put him at slot. You put him in a position where it's easier to double-team. It's much easier to, to bracket a slot with a linebacker and a safety than it is outside receiver. If you look at a lot of Sebastian Sane's success, is when he was able to get one-on-one coverage, which R.J. Long isn't afforded. When you put him in a slot receiver, there's not a lot of room to get a slot receiver one-on-one coverage and that be the play. They didn't put him in a lot of situations where he could be an outside receiver. They instead decided that the number 85, Martin Emos, was the outside receiver. And that was because RJ Long is so good he can play inside and outside. And that's again how he makes our list. Is that it's not because he's the best slot receiver in the world. It's because he commands so res- so much respect on the field that when you put him at slot, you open up opportunities for everyone else. That's the impact that he made on this team. And again, saying to what you said about the Wolverines not getting him the ball, when he did get the ball, what did he do? Ball. He balled uh-huh. out. When you got him the ball, that's when you got his little stripper dance when he was doing his little thing. And that's when you got him yeah. the ball. Yeah, a little belly dance he had or whatever, but that that's what makes it easy to put him on the list because obviously his opportunities were limited, which means stat wise he wouldn't have made any type of like all star list. I wouldn't have put him on all star list easily, but best at the position, there's nobody in the league that commands the respect that he does at the position. That when he's on the field, you have to be watching him, and it's crazy because even when I think about it, if I'm thinking R.J. Long, Sebastian Sonday, I'm probably going to double long and take my chances on Sanye and hope that it's a bad pass. But RJ Long is a guy that you can give a, a bubble to and then he can ride out. I don't want to take those type chances ever. I'd rather shut that down and take my chances with, you know, a deep ball play. So he commands that type of respect, which makes it just too easy to put him on this list and say screw all of them stats. Some stats got nothing to do with game planning. When a team looks at this offense, they look and find number one. Where is he at? Because that would determine what everyone else is capable of doing. So moving to the next guy from the Portville Butchers, Miko Seppinen. Chris, tell us about him.
2: Oh, old reliable, Mr. Miko Seppinen, Mr. Reliable. This guy, man, he always finds his way on the stat sheet every season, year on, year out. It don't matter who's at QB this guy will find the ball and he will find the end zone. He wins that same award every year. What I talked about earlier, like he's just a straight baller, man. And not only that, he just seems like a real good team player. Like he's always in it for the team. He wants the best for the team. I look at him on social media and the stuff that he posts, like he's just a credit to that organization and they are lucky to have him. And they're lucky that no one else has tried to pick him up because he is a force. That guy, not only can he catch the deep ball, he can catch something short, take it to the crib. He can also help out and play defense when needed to. When they've been struggling with their defensive backs, he's helped out on that side of the ball as well. He'll help you in the return game as well. Dude's a baller. He's a straight baller, man. And he there's no there's no uh, all Finland team that he doesn't belong on. You know, he has to be there. I'm going to
1: add on to him too, obviously. I have to. It's Miko. But it's incredible that you can have someone on your team like him. Similar to Yane Sarkala, he makes big plays. I'm not going to say he makes all the plays or he's the guy that's getting all the passes or anything, but when you need a play or even when you can't find anyone else to throw it to, <laughs> he comes through. And that, that just makes him just an asset. As similar to RJ, you have to respect where he is on the field. When you're... Planning your defense, you have to know where Miko Seppinen is because you know that they have plays that involve him. So you need to know what those plays are and where he's located and what he's possible of doing. And again, he's able to play inside and outside receiver, which makes him a dual threat at the position, which makes it easy to elevate him above his peers at the wide receiver position. So I think we're good on wide receivers.
2: Which stat category he led this season?
1: I would say, well, I mean, they, they don't do first-down catches, so that's not it. And we already have yards per catch. Yards after catch? I don't know.
2: Touchdowns. Really. He had 10. Oh, he led the league in touchdowns. Yeah, we've touchdowns, yeah, 10.
1: That's crazy. I That never crossed my mind that he scored that mm-hmm. many touchdowns. I'm sorry, Miko. I didn't even think about it like that. And I didn't bring up stats because I I I don't his stats don't don't mind they don't don't matter to me, but I guess in even in this group of receivers we still ended up picking a lot of guys that statistically were good more towards touchdowns and yards per catch than anything,
2: right? Well, Peter Anderson led in everything, so Pe- Peter Anderson led in most stats, but all of all of, all the receivers they pretty much all had like over seven hundred yards receiving. Yeah. I think they all did, had over – yeah, they all had over 700 yards receiving, apart from Sanye because he played less games. He was the only one that didn't, but his numbers are still great for that amount of games that he played in the ratio of games.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, the stats sometimes back it up. I ain't going to say – I mean, obviously, we didn't pick off the stats, but sometimes it works out at certain positions. But moving on to the next position, offensive linemen. And I am not going to waste your time and say <laughs> that we're going to sit here and talk about these <laughs> offensive linemen, about how great they are, how good they're doing. Look, being 100% transparent, when I'm watching linemen, I I've, I've distinctly watch certain linemen against certain defensive linemen. And I want to see how they do. And I compare that to how their competition does. I believe personally that the defensive linemen this year were way better than the offensive linemen. And yeah, I, yeah. I mean I mean that in every position. I mean like if we chose somebody for all Finland, they might have got beat more than they want. And that's not a knock to these offensive linemen, but these defensive linemen this year were, I mean. I can't name a defense alignment that wasn't better than the person they were playing against. (laughs) Like normally the defense alignment was always winning, which makes it really hard to choose offensive line. So you got to look for a guy who's winning matchups he shouldn't win and then continuing to dominate in matches he should win. And that's why I think this list is very evident of that. So I'll just go through the names and let you know who we picked. We picked Samuli Vekamaki from the Roosters, number 53, for everybody who don't know. Rope Korhonen from the Steelers, which is number 73 for the Steelers. and Then Bartos Bednarczyk, I, I know I'm butchering your last name, dude. Number 62 from the Steelers. Tuomas Felt, <laughs> Tuomas H, number 72 from the Crocodiles. Uh, Oscar Stromstad, number 71 from the Crocodiles. And then we also have Miko Toymanen, number 54 from the Roosters. Max Bowen, number 50 from the Butchers. Jonathan Asavara, number 65 from the Butchers. So, I mean... We can talk about some of them if you want to, guys. There's some names in there that you really want to say something about. Let's go for it. Right, there's a couple of guys I really do want to say a couple of things about, but we don't need to do one by one. Sorry, lineman.
2: I'm I'm going to talk about Bartosz. I think okay. he's had a solid solid season. He's probably one of my favorite linemen to watch this year when I have been watching the offensive line. He's been a good pulling guard. He's got out in front, made some good blocks for a reason over and he's he's been solid all year he's a nasty lineman he makes good blocks so yeah that's that's one of the reasons why i voted for him as well
1: um for me also i just want to say something about the steelers o line cuz i watched the steelers o line and in my opinion i was like obviously if they got the best running back and the best second running back the offensive line has to be the best and i took a real good look at how things went when they played against top tier competition and from what i saw I saw a lot of Bart Bartos. Is that his name?
2: Bartos. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I saw a lot of him and Rope going against other teams' top players. And then the right side of their line was mostly going against the Finnish defense alignment. Not to say that in a bad aspect, but almost every team has import defense alignment. And the right side was going against lesser competition which usually meant they were able to win their matchups, which is great, but it didn't, it wouldn't stand out in my opinion. And that's why I didn't really give a lot of thought to the right side of the line. And their left guard, I, from the film that I saw, I had Bartos playing left tackle, but you said he's playing left guard. When you see them pulling, but the film that I, that I picked him off of, he was playing left tackle and the left guard was ugh, average. So I didn't go with that way, but to be more positive, the tackles from the crocodiles really impressed me throughout the season because they both had their hands full with defensive ends that were usually faster, stronger, and honestly better than them. And I saw them win way too many times when they should have lost. And it, I don't—I'm not an offensive lineman, so I can't tell you why they won. But <laughs> to me, it just looked like. They didn't care who they were going against, and they were determined to win. So it made it easy to see that they were better than their peers in that aspect. So for me, those were just some of the guys that stood out. And obviously the Butchers' offensive linemen, they were able to make holes out of nothing. Um, You saw the difference they had when they brought in a better running back, and it wasn't because he was breaking tackles. It was just he was faster to the hole. He would actually go through holes that were there when they had a the earlier running back they had was a little bit on the slow side. And that, that's just all it was. Like the holes were there all season. If you look at Brandon Grinner playing quarterback, he didn't do a lot of scrambling. He didn't, he wasn't under a lot of pressure and that was because the butcher's offensive line was able to give him room when he needed it. And that just said something for them. And obviously Max Bowen and Jonathan also a lot of stood out. Uh, who else was on the list? We had I talked about almost everybody, right? Oh mm. the Roosters guys, um when Miko Toyman came in at center, it changed their offense. Like it's just noticeable. When he came in, they were able to do a little bit more downhill running instead of side to side. They didn't do a lot of it in, in play calling, but when they were able to do it, it was more successful. And that's really just based on him being able to do a lot of things up front with the double teams. That I don't remember who the center was before, but he just didn't get the same type of push. And in the pass rush, he was okay; wasn't great in my opinion, but he didn't have to be because the teams having such good defensive ends, he wasn't needed. But then Simon Lee Vekemaki on the left side. He had some I saw some battles with this guy against some guys that he won and he lost, but he kept winning and he kept losing. But ultimately he was able to, you know, give them some protection on the left side that I think really helped Bryce Stancomb and the offense be able to be successful in the second half of the season. So it's easy to put him on the list. Now, I will admit maybe we missed some names on offensive linemen. Honestly believe that everybody will. It's a lot of positions to watch throughout the games and we've done our best to find the ones that stood out to us and the what and guys that didn't stand out that that's no knock to those other guys but honestly we were looking for guys that stood out against top competition over guys that just dominated against lesser competition. So I think that's all the offense, right guys? Yeah, so
0: American football in Finland.